out of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when he, we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men and a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he hid as it were his face from him and he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, he carried me. He carried me. I want to focus for a few minutes today on this word carried. When you begin to think about this word, it's used a lot in our vocabulary uh, today, but the Bible has a lot to say about it as well. And I want to look at a few of those things here on today. There are some great stories of people that have carried another person through trouble. We've all heard those miracle stories where that they found some kind of supernatural strength to be there to help to provide help for somebody in the time of need. I read one story where the two men were overcome by a winter storm and and they were in the wilderness. They had run out of food. They, the temperature had fallen below zero. And as these men were traveling, they came upon another man who had also fallen victim to the freezing weather. And so one of them suggested to the other, the two that was traveling together, one suggested to the other, said, let's take this man and carry him with us. The one told him, he said, you're crazy, and he went on his way while the other grabbed him up and carried him uh, with him. It wasn't long until they found the man who had gone ahead and he had frozen to death. It was the warmth of the two bodies that protected them that they could go on and overcome the storm. Another story is of two young boys who had gotten into some trouble. They, one of them had fallen and gotten hurt. There was a smaller one and a larger one, and you've probably heard this story, as the younger one picks up the larger one and begins to carry him, and people begin to tell him, he's too big, he's too heavy, you cannot carry him. And to that, the small boy replied, he's not heavy, he's my brother. We've all heard about the footprints in the sand. When the times get hard, and the writer suggests that when the hard times come, God leaves me. I can't find him anywhere. You leave me on my own. And he says, there's only one footprint in the sand. And until that, God replies, that is the times that I'm carrying you. And that's how I've come to talk today uh, to is those people who feel like they're all alone. Feel like you're battling something that is greater than you are. The load that is too heavy. The Bible warns us about being carried away by every wind of doctrine. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14, it says that you should no longer be children tossed to and fro and be carried away by some uh, every wind of doctrine and trickery of men in the coming craftiness of deceitful plots. And so there is something that tries to carry us away. There is something that tries to deceive us. And we have to be careful not to be carried away by those trickeries and by the winds of doctrine. How do you do that? Don't be a child. Grow up. Amen. Grow up. Know the word of God. Know God. 
Let him speak into your life. Invest in his kingdom. And when you do, you begin to grow and mature and develop. And when a strange wind of doctrine comes, you'll, you'll know that's not right. I don't know music. I can play a little, but I can't read music. I don't know all the octaves and all of this, this stuff that they know. But Brother Gary, I know when it ain't right. You don't have to tell me who can sing good or bad. I know who can sing bad. It's those ones that are singing in harmony, those ones that are good, that you don't know one voice from the other. It is those ones that are uh, simultaneously in a, in a joyful sound, but you don't have to look hard to find the one that is off key. Right? And when you are in tune with the Spirit, it allows you to know that right there ain't right. God said, I've given you a gift to help you get you established so you will not be carried away with every wind of man's ideas. Sometimes we listen to doubters. We listen to gossipers. We listen to negative people and they lead us down a wrong path. But at some time in your life, you've got to grow up and just to saturate them with your absence. Then I think about the times in the Bible when God would use people and anoint them to be able to carry something supernaturally. In Judges chapter 16, it was Samson who had gotten himself into trouble. He had went inside of the city of Gaza and there they locked the gates behind him and were going to kill him in the morning. But it was in that place that the power of God, the supernatural strength of God would come upon him and he literally took the gates of the city off of the hinges and carried them with him. It wasn't something that was natural, it was something supernatural. You don't need the supernatural all the time. You couldn't handle the supernatural all the time. You, you, some people say, well, when you get in a wonderful service or you get into the presence of God in a measure that you haven't experienced before, and people say, well, this is where I want to live. That would be wonderful, but just bodies can't handle it. Amen. But those, those experiences, those times, those encounters, they are there and they are available for us so that we can be strengthened in a time that is needed. You see, Jesus, you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, let's look at Jesus. Did Jesus always walk on the water? Most of the time he took a boat. But he can walk on water. Right? And so there's times in our life that we need this supernatural power to carry something that is upon us or has been put upon us that, that we don't have the natural strength or ability to carry, but God's grace is sufficient for us in the time of need. Amen. When God's people were without the glory of God and Obed-Edom is getting all the blessings and David was uh, there and he said, we're going to go get the ark of God back. Amen. Because once you've tasted and you've seen that he is good, nothing else will do. Whenever you know the goodness of God, when you know the glory of God, when you know the presence of God, then just substitutes and just other things will not satisfy your desire. It, it must be the presence of God. It, it must be his glory in your life. And that's where David was. He, he had already tasted. He already knew the goodness of God. He already knew the glory of God. And so now uh, he is looking over there at Obed-Edom's house and everything for six months there's revival in his house for six months everything that he touches is blessed it is prospering and he said that's the glory of God and it just doesn't belong over there it belongs to the people of God amen 
And so he made up his mind that we're going to go and we're going to get the Ark of the Covenant. Now, he, he understand and you, we won't, for the sake of time, won't read it all. But we know the first time he went, he went in his uh, natural power. He went in his natural ability. He went in his, if you will, his kingly garment. And I can see his a beautiful blonde hair blowing in the wind and his royal robe and he was going over there and got a new cart and some new wheels and was going to take it back home but God said no no you know better than that and he so he would his a good friend would put his hand up on it and user would try to study it as it was shaking on the cart and God struck him dead sometimes God's just got to get our attention and let us know I'm not going to put up with that I've given Given your direction I've given you instruction I've told you how to do it and now this is the way that it's to be accomplished but it shook David to his core his best friend is now dead and he goes back and seeks God and this time he goes back he doesn't go with new carts he went and knew how the ark was to be carried and it was to be put upon the shoulders of the priest and they would carry it back to the new capital city it was there that they would take six paces and they would stop and they would worship God they would make a sacrifice they would bless God and thank him for what he has done when you have lost out with God when you've lost his glory his presence in your life and you have, you've done without it and you suddenly realize that now I have a second chance I have a, another chance I have this opportunity it'll cause a praise to come up in your heart it'll cause a thank you Jesus to come up in your life where that you will rejoice and you will thank him and you will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ but you you will glorify him and praise him because he is worthy of it. Can you give him some praise right here today? David said, I've got the ark back. And he said, I've got to carry it the way that God instructed for us to carry it. And he brought it back to where God is. Aren't you tired of not receiving what God said is yours? Two people rest of you can go home because I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Aren't you tired of, of reading the promises, hearing the promises, seeing the promises, believing the promises, but the promise seems to not come into fruition? Got any real people here today? Because you can believe and you can trust and you can depend and say, yes, that's the word of the Lord. And we believe the word of the Lord. But it is the weightiness, it is the glory that causes miracles to come to pass. It is the presence of God. It is his glory that causes the word to come into fulfillment. And we need his presence. We need his glory. We need him to live and to move and to have our very being. Amen. Thank God for all of the things. Thank God for all of the different ways that we can worship and all of the different instruments and all of the lights and the sound and all of those things. But there is one thing. God isn't impressed with these instruments. He's not impressed with the lights. He's not impressed with our great facility. He, he goes all the way back before there ever was a, a, a string to pluck or there was an instrument to play. He goes back and says, I I put breath in your lungs so that you could praise me so that you could worship me so that you could lift me up and so it, it, it thank God for all of the things that accompany what we do but he's not listening to the music he's listening for your voice he's listening for you to open your mouth and give him the praise give him the worship and he said I will inhabit that praise what are we doing when we praise him what are we doing when we worship him we are creating a place we are creating a space for God to come and to dwell and move and to minister in our life and so we should never be ashamed we should never be backward we should never be hesitant about our worship but we should lift him up and glorify him and give him a place to inhabit in our lives he carried it back 
He carried the glory of God to God's people. John was carried away in the spirit. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 9 through 11. He carried me away in the spirit on the mountain of great high and showed me a holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and the brilliance was like that of very precious uh, jewels, like jasper and clear as crystals. Amen. Can I tell you today that God wants to carry every one of us into a spiritual realm? He has a spiritual place that he wants to take us to. He has a spiritual place that he wants to show us. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to, he wants to show us not just past, present, but also future. I don't believe that the kingdom of God should be guessing. We should be knowing. We shouldn't be guessing what's going on in the world. We shouldn't be worried about what worries the world. Amen. We should expect different. Amen. Expect different. When the economy is plunging. Expect different when a new disease arises. It's quiet up in this holiness church today. Expect different when the world is all chaos and fear mongers everywhere. Expect different. Why? Because I have a spiritual realm. I have a place that God has taken me where fear can't find my heart. Where the trouble can't cause me to be tormented in my mind. But I have a confidence. I have a resolve. I have a peace in knowing that my Redeemer lives. Amen. I know that it's not just about what he has done. It's about what he's yet to do. And this is what gets me excited. If I believe for a millisecond that I had already seen everything that God ever wanted to do or ever would do, somebody would have to carry me up out of here today and bury me tomorrow. I promise you. But I don't have any fear. I don't have anxiety. And it's not because I'm all of that and a bag of cheese and some uh, a bag of chips and some government cheese. It's because I know who God is. And there is a place that he'll take us into where the wicked one can touch us not. There is a place that is called a strong tower that the righteous can run into and they find safety. They find shelter from the storm. Hallelujah. Until the storm passes over. Huh? Until the thunder sounds no more. Until there is a resurrection of my strength, of my faith, of my hope. Because you see, if all you're doing is out there in the storm all the time and the things battering you and the oceans, if you will, the waves are hitting you and slapping you and slapping you and slapping you, then you're going to get weary, you're going to get tired, you're going to get exhausted, and you're going to give up. But thank God today that God will carry you into a place of safety he'll carry you into that into that place where that the wicked one cannot touch you and you can lay down and rest and know that everything is going to be all right you can lay down and know that even though this storm has come into my life and into my situation that God is my strength he is my ever-present help in the time of need amen that I don't have to worry up and fret about what is going on because I know that God is with me God is with me why because I'm in this place of a spiritual realm he'll let you see things to come amen 
You know, whenever God takes you up, he said, he carried me away. That's the New International Version. But John said, I was caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day. God always, when he, when he takes you into the realm of the spirit, he don't take you down, he takes you up. He takes you up because when you go up, the higher up you are, the further you can see into the distance. And God don't want us sitting around looking at Fox News and CNN and fake book. I told somebody the other day, if, if fake book was so real and it, life was so glorious as some people make it to be, it would be wonderful. But it's fake. So don't give up hard if your life ain't just so glorious as all them other idiots because they lying. Just to help somebody today. Just to help somebody. But we shouldn't be dependent upon the media and the news to tell us what's coming. There ought to be a realm where that we know because we've been in the heavenlies. We've been caught up. We've heard something. We've seen something. We know something. Huh? Have you ever known what you don't know? That's crazy, ain't it? But you can know what you don't know. The Lord, I'm not saying I'm super spiritual. I'm just saying there's been times when the Lord has let me pierce into the future and I've known things that I don't know. I've known how to handle situations that I didn't know how to handle. I knew that something was coming to prepare and to get ready for because I knew something was coming. It may be something bad or it may be something glorious, but I knew things were coming, not because I was all of that, but because God caught me up. He brought me into a realm in the spirit where that I could be prepared to deal with the future. Amen. God wants you to know what you don't know. He carried me. He carried me. Second Samuel chapter nine and verse three through five, we find a man there. David king was king and he, he said, is there not anyone in the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame in his feet. And the king said unto him, where is he? And, and Ziba said, Unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Meshar and in Lodibar. And then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Meshar from Lodibar. Right? I'm sure y'all know this story, but just want to reiterate it here today. Jonathan and David are best friends. They've cut covenant. The covenant said that if that what I have, you have, and what is mine is my, yours, and what is yours is mine, and what my family is your family, my family is yours. And, and they cut covenant, and the covenant lasted not just till one had died, but both had died. It's covenant. And now we see that Jonathan has died and David is sitting in his ivory palace and even though he is in a good place, he said, is there anybody I can enjoy this with? Is there somebody in Jonathan's family that I can still show kindness to? And, and Ziba speaks up and says, yes, Jonathan has a son in Lodibar. His name is Mephibosheth, but you need to know King David that he's a crippled he's lame he wasn't lame because of his own doing he wasn't lame because he was born that way he was lame because somebody else dropped him the midwife in a rage of 
fear would run out. And when she did, she dropped him and he became crippled, lame from the rest of his life. It's one thing whenever we uh, make decisions on our own and it causes us, it handicaps us or it cripples us. I'm talking spiritually. But it's another thing when you don't have nothing to do with it. This is because of somebody else. Sometimes in life, life would be a whole lot easier if you didn't have to go around cleaning up everybody else's mess. If you only had to deal with your stuff, that'd be enough. But when you have to start cleaning up after other people. Wow. It's quiet today. I didn't think it was going to be this quiet. But it's another thing whenever somebody else has done this to you, right? Like that little yellow jacket. He's dead. When somebody else has done something to you and they've brought pain, they've hurt you, they've, they've spiritually crippled you. How many people do you know today that use this excuse that they won't come to church because somebody in the church hurt them? If everybody would let that little thing stop them, there wouldn't be nobody in the church. Because the church is made up of humans. And let me just let you in on a little something. Those same people that said somebody hurt them, they've hurt somebody too. Because we all do. Can we be real? We say things or do things not even intentional, but it's taken the wrong way sometimes, or it's not even meant the way that it's taken or whatever. But we, 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 we hurt people and people hurt us and, and we're human. And whenever you dare to get a few people together, it's going to happen. Right? But, but we've got to get beyond that. Because the reality of it is this. Is what you've got to understand. That, that people may have hurt you. But God's never done nothing but good to you. And so we're going there to worship him. We're going there to bless him. We're going there to glorify him. And so it is that, that we have to overcome those obstacles and those struggles and, and there's pain. And, and I'm not saying it isn't real. I know the pain. I know it's real. But I also know that God will sustain you. And, and, and he was crippled. He was limited. He couldn't, he couldn't leave Lodi Bar if he wanted to. Because he found himself, this place, Lodi Bar, it was a trash heap. It was the dump. It was where they took their trash and they threw it away. And it was in this lowly place that Mephibosheth finds himself but has no ability to remove himself. And it was now that the Lord would put it on David's heart, sitting in his palace and saying, Hey, isn't there anybody in Jonathan's house that is able, that I can bless? And they said, Yeah, but he's a cripple. Why was that important? Because when you were crippled or there was a handicap, by law you were not allowed to go into the chambers of the king. You were not allowed to go into that place. But David said, Forgive the law. This is a, re a covenant that I have with Jonathan I'm going to take care of his family and so he sends somebody to go fetch him that word fetch means to cradle or to carry in one's arms he wasn't able to get out of where he was it wasn't even his own doing that got him there but now he's found himself there I'm talking to somebody today and you found yourself there and you have no way out you don't have the ability but I want to tell you David 
David said, I'm going to go send somebody. He's a picture of God. God says to the Holy Spirit, I want you to go. And he goes and he fetches us. He goes to where we are because we cannot leave where we are. We're limited. We're bound. We're restricted. But the good Holy Spirit will come to where we are when we can't go anywhere, when we're limited and we don't have the ability to stand. He'll pick us up. He'll fetch us. He'll carry us back into the presence of the King. Amen. And he'll say, here he is. He'll set us down at his table. And as long as we sit at his table, nobody will know that we can't walk. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, just stay seated. Just stay seated. Just keep your limit up under the table. Just leave, keep that that is, that is not working any longer. Just keep it up under the table. Set it at his table and eat from his heavenly manna. Let his presence so fill your life until it radic. Could you imagine Mephibosheth woke up in the dump that morning and that afternoon he's eating at the king's table. You talk about a radical shift. You talk about a change, right? And it wasn't a, it didn't take him three months to get there. He carried him. He carried him. The greatest story of being carried we find in our text here this morning. Surely he has borne our grief and he's, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. Isaiah looked into the future and seen Jesus as he would go to the cross. Right? He's describing through the telescope of time, he is describing a Jesus that would hang on the cross in the future. And they would beat him they would spit upon him. They would mock him. They would whip him with the cat of nine tails. They would cause him to, to be unrecognizable. But in doing so, he carried our griefs. What is griefs? Griefs is anxiety. Has our world ever had so much anxiety? People of all ages, all stages, all races, all economic status are suffering from anxiety. They're on pills to help them cope. I'm not saying that to, to downgrade anybody. I'm just saying that's the reality of where we are. He carried our anxiety. He carried our sickness. He carried our disease. And he took it upon himself for me and for you. He took everything that would make me anxious. He carried it to the cross that day. He took every sickness, every infirmity, and every disease, and he carried it to the cross that day. Leukemia, he carried it to the cross. Every type of cancer, he carried it to the cross. It don't matter if they just come up with it. He carried COVID to the cross. Just because they come up with, just now come up with it, don't mean he didn't know about it. He carried it to the cross. Every disease, every sickness, it was upon him, and he carried it there. 
so I don't have to have anxiety. Why should I worry? Why should I fret? Because I know who's carrying me. Huh? And then it said he carried our sorrows. Our sorrows has not to do so much with the physical as it does with the, the, the mental. Because it's a grieving pain. Whatever it is that's making you grieve and causing you pain. Jesus carried it to Calvary for you. Amen. So the things are emotional. The things that are mental. The things that are causing us the grief in our life. Because you see, it's one thing to be physically exhausted, but whenever you're, you can deal with it, you can push through physical exhaustion. If you have to, you can, you can stay up 24 hours or 48 hours. You can do that. And, and, and it's no fun, but you can do that. But you, you, you can only take so much mental exhaustion. That's the reason why whenever they're trying to find out the truth about people, they, they go in and interrogate them hours on end. Because if they can get them fit mentally worn down, they know they'll come to the end of it and tell what's real. Huh? You can only take so much of it. And the enemy has busied himself today not only with physical attacks but mental attacks. To, to try to, to take away from us the, the, the strength of believing, the strength of why? Because it all starts in the mind. Your victory is in the mind and your defeat begins in the mind. If you believe that you're defeated, you're right. And if you believe you're a victor, you're right. It all depends on what you believe. Because as a man thinks in his heart, that's the way it's going to be. Right? That's the reason why whenever that I have bad days or whatever, maybe sickness or whatever, you'll never hear me talk about sickness as being mine. You never hear me talk about my flu. I ain't got no flu. Amen. And he gets on to me sometimes, so well, you don't never admit you're sick. I said, I'm getting better all the time. I'm on my way to healing. Huh? Because if you aren't careful, you'll just get down in that thing and waller around in it. I mean, it's, it's good somebody else bringing you chicken noodle soup. I better get out of here. We can get comfortable in those things. The mental stress is where it, it attacks us and it causes us to begin to think negative. We begin to feel negative. And we allow the negative to begin to determine our outcome. That's the reason, one of the reasons why it's important who you hang out with. Because if you're all the time running around with Mr. or Mrs. Bucketmouth... It's down in the mouth and want to tell you how bad things are. Guess what? That's what's going to happen in your life. You're going to start talking bucket mouth. Huh? It'll happen. And so you've got to be careful because you've got to say, I'm going to hang out with people of faith. I'm going to hang out with people that are positive. I'm going to hang out with people that believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to hang out with somebody that's going to declare the goodness of God over my life, even though it looks bad right now. I'm going to hang out with somebody that will say that you're the head and not the tail when I'm looking like a donkey. 
I'm going to have somebody that will say, I know you're going to come through this, even though it doesn't look like I'm going to come through it. But they know the goodness of God. They know the grace of God. They know the power of God. They know that God is carrying me. And if God is carrying me, then I don't have to worry about these circumstances because it's not of my strength or my ability. His grace is sufficient and makes perfect in the middle of my weakness. He's carrying it. He's carrying it. He's carrying me. He's carrying me through this. Whatever I'm going through, he's carrying me. You got to get that in your mind. You got to see that in your spirit that you're not alone. You're not alone. God's carrying you. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus fell under the weight of the cross. Jesus fell down. And when he was on his way to the mountain, the hill of the skull, with the cross upon his shoulder, and he falls down. This is the natural Jesus, so he's going in his natural power, and I understand the weariness that he went through, and, and I believe that he was physically exhausted is the reason that he fell, but it's also a, a more a greater spiritual implication than that, that it is not because of just his physical exhaustion, but it's what he is carrying. He's carrying the heaviness of your grief. He's carrying all of the sickness, the infirmity, the disease that mankind will ever know. He's carrying it to that cross. He's taking all of the mental anguish. He's taking all of the suffering. He's taking all of the grieving and all the pain that will come into your, your mental mind and try to bog you down and try to wear you out. And, and he's carrying all of that with him. It's not just that he's carrying it out here somewhere, like he's got it in a bag. He, he's carrying it. It's on him. And he carries it to that cross. The anxiety, sickness, disease, it was all upon him. All of the sin of the world was upon him. Huh? But even though he fell, he didn't stop. Even though he fell, he didn't stop. He kept going. Right? He carried me through sin. He carried me through sickness. He carried me through grief. He carried me through pain. He carried me all the way to the place of Calvary. He carried me to the place of victory. Hallelujah. And I want to say to you today that if you'll allow him, he'll carry you to the place of victory. He will carry you to the place where the wicked one cannot touch you. He will carry you to the place where the, your sorrow turns to joy and your mourning turns to dancing. He'll, turn, he'll carry you to a place where that you get out of that place of sorrow and that place where your mind is so messed up and so overwhelmed with everything in life to where you can breathe again, till you can think again, till you can live again. Amen. Till you can, you can live again. Has, has anyone ever come to a place in your life where you said, I just wish I could live again? You're just, a, you're just a mere shell of who you are used to be and, and what you used to do and all of those things. But, but now all of this stuff is overwhelming you. It's burning in you. And you're carrying it to that cross and you're saying, God, I give it to you. It is in that place of Calvary that you can live again. If it had not been for the Lord, your enemies would have taken you out. But the reason why that you're here today is a testimony against the devil that even though he hit you, he could not take you. He could not take you. And so what I want to say to you today is, is he's carrying you when you can't see him. He's taking care of you when you can't trace him. You may look around and say, where are you, God? But I tell you today that when you cannot see God is when he's doing his best work. 
when I don't know what to do. When I don't know what to say. I just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. How do I know that he'll do it for me? How do I know that God hasn't forgotten about me because he promised that he wouldn't forget you? In fact, he said it would be easier for a woman to forget her sucking child. Huh? Now, how's a woman going to forget her sucking child? But he said it would be easier. And he said, yea, they may forget. It's going to be hard, but they may forget. But he said, even if they, as hard as that is, and they forget. But he said, behold, I will not forget you. Because I have graven you in the palm of my hands. That word graven means to cut, to scribe, to penetrate beneath the surface. He has so engraved us into himself that we will never be forgotten by almighty God. He has us and he said, well, why his hands, the walls, your petitions are up before me because he didn't say my mind. It was interesting when I read this. I've read it over and over through the years. Why did he say not my mind, but my hands because he's looking at his hands and we're in the palm of his hands. And he carries us in his hands. And he says your petitions, your prayers, your, your walls in other words. He said they're before me all the time. You see, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish. I'll not forget you, but I give you everlasting life. Glory to God. He carried me. When I couldn't walk through it, he carried me. When I couldn't see my way through it, he carried me. When others had dropped me, he carried me. When I wasn't able to help myself, he, he carried me. Where did he carry me? He didn't carry me to Lodibar to dump me off. He, he brought me out of Lodibar and he brought me to Calvary. And he said, here, everything you need in life, it's right here. It's right here. He carried me to victory. Amen. I don't know who I come to talk to today, but I come to talk to somebody. Let you know he's carrying you. I know it feels like you're alone. I know it feels like you're overwhelmed. I know that it feels like that things in your life, you wonder will they ever change. But I'm here today to tell you that he's carrying you. The scripture says it like this. In every temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. The word picture is this, that before he allows you to enter the room, he makes sure there's an exit door for you to get out. He provides a way of escape. So I may have just come to talk to one person today. I don't know, but I've come to talk to somebody. And tell you he's carrying you. Stand with me today please. Father I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you for your. Love that. You carry us through the storms. You protect us. I thank you for the high tower that we can run into till the storm passes over. I thank you that you 
Holy Spirit are the one that fetches us out of Lodibar when we feel crippled spiritually and unable to move. You so graciously come to where we are and carry us. I thank you, Jesus, that you have carried my grief and you've borne my sorrows. And you've provided physically, spiritually, emotionally victory for me. So today, Holy Spirit, whoever it may be, whatever we may be, I pray that you touch us today. Let us know that you're carrying us toward victory. We give you thanks for it today in Jesus' name. As they sing this morning, if you say, Pastor, that word's for me, I relate to that word, I want you to come. I want you to respond to the word. It's in the responding of the word that activates your faith to grab hold of the word and let the word change your life. So as they sing this morning, Still stand. 